I'm Tanner Olson, and this is the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Here we talk about hope and heaviness, creating and continuing joy and sorrow, life and God, questions and answers, and everything in between. This is a podcast where you were invited to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast, and to eventually, to eventually keep going. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. You know what I'm going to say here, don't you? I say it almost every episode. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to say thank you. And I really do. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to these episodes and for sharing them around with your friends and and on social media. It really does mean a lot. If you're new to the podcast, make sure to check out my website, writtentospeak.com. There you can find blogs, books, and get in touch with me if you would like to do so. I always love getting mail. I always love hearing from you guys, so don't feel like you can't say hello. Please do. It means a lot. All right. I got to tell you that creating this podcast, it's been a lot of work. More than I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. But I love it. I really do. This podcast has allowed me to try out different writing styles and to meet some incredible people. And I wouldn't have met today's guests if it wasn't for the podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by Nathan Clarkson. This is Nathan's second time as a guest on the show. He was on the show in May of 2022. It's titled Bonus Episode with Nathan Clarkson. I believe it's around episode 10 or 11. Nathan is an actor, author, filmmaker, podcaster, and a friend. Over the last couple of years, I've gotten to know Nathan and have been inspired by how he continues to create and what he continues to create. He recently released the book, Finding God in Hollywood, Discovering the Divine in Films, Movie Stars, and Stories. You can also check that out in the show notes. Grab a copy from Amazon. It's an honest memoir that gives us a front row seat to what it's like being a Christian in Hollywood. So in this episode, we chat about the book, Life in Hollywood, Creativity, and as always, God. So with that, here is my conversation with Nathan Clarkson. I think I've only had a couple of recurring guests and you're one of them now. Nice. So I'm honored. <laughs> it's we'll one of the to, highest it's one of the highest honors you can get. Yeah. <laughs> it it is. I'm putting it on the list of high yeah. honors. <laughs> On the back of your of your headshot, it's going to be. And I was on the Walk a Little yeah. Slower podcast twice. When I um, only sell fifty books, I'm going to remember this. <laughs> man, uh, Nathan, when you meet somebody like at a party or wherever, do you party? Are you a party person? No, you said you were thirty. You said you were thirty. You don't party. I'm, I'm in my thirties and have a wife I really, really like. And I'm a big fan of Netflix and video games, but I do enjoy going out and seeing people and doing things, but I'm not a hard partier. I'm an Irish goodbye guy. Oh, where love I'll a go good Irish a goodbye. Bit, talk to people, have fun, eat some snacks, make a joke, and then just disappear. So that's my, yep. that's my MO. As soon as I make a good joke at a party, I give myself about 15 <laughs> minutes. And then I'm like, that's as much time as I've got left because I want to end this on a high note. Uh, okay, but when you're yeah. at a party and someone asks, hey, like, Nathan, what do you do? What What's your response? What do you tell them? 
you know, it's changed throughout the years. It changes depending on the season I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically say actor, author, filmmaker, and those will be, you know, rearranged first to last, mm-hmm. depending on what I'm currently at. I, I live a life around stories. And sometimes the stories are written in books. Sometimes they are movies I make. And sometimes they are other people's stories I get to act in on film and television. And so it's it's one it's some iteration of that. And sometimes if I want to be super esoteric, I just say I'm involved in the industry of stories. But typically I say actor, author, filmmaker. <laughs> I like that. I was when I as soon as I asked the question, I was like, it probably depends on season to season because it's kind of the same with me as well. Like author, poet, speaker. And it depends on who I'm speaking yes. with as well, too. Like sometimes I'm just like you know what, I'm just going to go with whole writer card. Like, I don't want to get into, like, I feel like you're about to judge me really hard for being a poet and I don't need that today. So I'm just going to go, like, I'm just, I'm just kind of, a, I'm just kind of a writer. Um, but I'm curious, like, why did you choose to pursue the life of an actor in Hollywood? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one I've asked myself sometimes, uh, but it's, it all came out of, you know, I look back at my childhood and the one through line I can see as far as my interests and my loves and my passions, it was always stories. And mm-hmm. I loved connecting to being inspired by and telling stories. I I, I think I see this I, from very early age. I saw that it, it was it was God given. You know, we, mm-hmm. we see in scripture that how did Jesus come? Was he teaching theology? Sure, he taught theology. Um, but was he talking nuts and bolts, you know, sometimes? But generally, the way Jesus captured people's hearts was through stories. He told parables. And I found since I was a young kid, that's the way I I learned. That's the way I engaged with the world and connected with it was through narrative. And Mm -hmm. so whether it was books my mom would read me or the movies I would watch, I knew that I had this inkling even as a kid that someday, somehow, I needed to be involved in the creation of and the acting out of stories. And so when it came to you know, high school, end of high school, looking at the rest of my life, I was staring down all the different paths. And I looked and said, Yeah, this is the thing I have to do. I have to be involved in some way. And the the way we tell stories now is movies. It is, you know, movies are this con this beautiful combination of every art form, writing, Mm -hmm. performance, color, framing, music. And I said, I want to be involved in the way we tell stories today. And I fell in love with acting, I went to acting school, and then went to Hollywood. And I fell in love with acting and I've never looked back and it's been quite a journey of ups and downs. Um, but that's what got me to Hollywood was the love of stories. And that's what keeps me there. I really like how you said, like, I have to, like, I have to mm-hmm. do like, there's something in you that was like, this is the thing. And, and in the church, we talk a lot about like calling, right? God called me to do this. But I yeah. think it's kind of like something deep inside of us that says, this is what I have to do. And oftentimes it's like, I mean, you talk about kind of romanticizing things as well. I'm I'm very much the same way. Like I'm going to romanticize everything before, like before I eat this like chicken sandwich, like I'm going to romanticize like how wonderful it's going to be. It's going to change my life, whatever. But like oftentimes that thing that we have to do, it's difficult. Like it's not like an easy, easy thing. And, and you wrote a book titled Finding God in Hollywood, Discovering the Divine in Films, Movie Stars and Stories. And I know that you have a lot of stories about, I have to do this, but it's not easy. So let's talk about the book because you wrote it. 
It's exciting. It's new. Uh, where did this book come from? Like, why why this book? Yeah, this this book is out of all the books I've written, probably the one that's dearest to my heart. Um, which could be the reason I had the hardest time finding a publisher. But um, <laughs> it, it, it was being written before I even knew it was being written. These, you know, every story, you know, I, I went out as 19 uh, when I started the entertainment industry. And it was, it's a great way to put it. It was, it was hard and it was difficult. Dreams are hard. Following these things, these callings, quote, on our heart is difficult. And, but it's also beautiful, especially when you see the triumph. So I, I started writing these stories in my head. Um, from the very first moment I stepped on a movie set, the very first moment I was in an audition, the the crazy people I would meet, the the um, interesting and beautiful stories that happened along the way. I started writing this in my head and, and somewhere along the way, probably about five, six years ago, I said, I'm going to start writing these down. And so I started writing down my my thoughts and my stories that of what happened in the world of Hollywood. But it was from a different perspective because I, I was a pastor's kid. I was raised in the church. I loved God. And it was interesting growing up in that kind of evangelical bubble. I, I was told about how evil Hollywood was. And that was such mm -hmm. a difficult thing for me to grasp because I loved the movies. Those, the movies were the things that inspired me and, and, and ignited my imagination as a kid. So it was interesting going out there with this one idea that this is where, you know, bad people are and bad things have happened. And the other side because I, I love movies and I want to be in them. And so these stories came out of me trying to find and looking for God in Hollywood in every every corner, every instance, every conversation, every meeting, every place, every movie set. And because I, I do believe that God was everywhere. And what I ended up finding is that he was. God was in every inch of Hollywood and, and every set and every person. And it was such a beautiful thing to me to see that this love for stories and, and wanting to be in the movies wasn't a separate thing than my faith. It was actually um, fully integrated with it. And so this book came out of me exploring as a as a Christian pastor's kid who moved to Hollywood to become a movie star, where God was in all of those different places. Yeah, and in Hollywood, it's just another one of those places where you get to live out your faith. It doesn't mean yeah. it's going to be like as easy as it might be in, I don't know, Indianapolis, right? Or Nashville, <laughs> right? Where yeah. like in Nashville here, like, a lot of art is centered around faith in one way or another, sometimes for good or for bad or just for money, like whatever it is. But there's always kind of like faith is accepted here in Nashville, whereas like in Hollywood, there seems to be a little bit of of, of pushback, of discomfort. But I think as I was kind of reading through Finding God in Hollywood, you're like, well, he's there. He's there. Yeah. You know, you talk a lot about uh, in the beginning of the book, how if you look at the Hollywood sign, the famous Hollywood sign, just near it is a cross. And that's a really like beautiful picture of like, I don't know, that Hollywood is kind of hidden in the shadow of the cross as well. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's interesting because I, I think the same thing. I got to be careful not to be heretical here, but I'll try not to. The it's same. really hard not to be heretical on a podcast. <laughs> like, I mean, I find myself like saying sometimes like, did I just say something that I actually believe or, <laughs> you know, but, but like, and then, but we can always edit this, that stuff out, right? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> if you, yeah. Just write me. I will. If it, have if it gets real bad, I'll do the whole edit thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what I, what I noticed, because I remember I, I had this, um, I lived in an apartment in Hollywood and this mm -hmm. 
apartment complex, just a fun little side note, it used to be a, like a famous hotel where all like the, the actors would stay and the, and the movie stars, and they mm -hmm. converted it into a bunch of tiny, tiny little apartments for actors like myself. And, and from my window where I was sitting, I could look up and see the Hollywood sign and then right across, right under it was a cross. And they're it, not competing necessarily, but they're right in your vision. It's so interesting, the juxtaposition between the two. And I just remember looking at those one night and thinking what an interesting perspective that was and, and how powerful both of these symbols are and they, how um, both of these, uh, the Hollywood um, stories, movies, and religion and faith hold such power in people's lives and influence. And it got me thinking, that, you know, we already all know because of the culture warriors and blogs, all the differences. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I found as I pondered, I think the same thing that draws people to movies and draws people to Hollywood is the very same thing that draws people to God. And what mm -hmm. that ultimately is, is a deep desire for purpose, meaning, and for their lives to matter inside of a narrative. And I think that's a beautiful and good thing. And, and I think we can't stop short, right? Um, that I think ultimately, interacting with our creator, we will fully realize what that narrative is and our, our full purpose. But I think the very same things that draw, you know, kids to want to be a movie star in Hollywood is the very same thing that draw people to want to know their creator. And I think that's a wonderful thing because you have a whole city of people who are desirous of purpose, meaning, beauty, and narrative. And I think that's a wonderful thing. And sometimes, yes, it can be hard and there's you know, biases and this and that, what they've experienced. But I actually love going in there and, and breaking misunderstandings or misconceptions about people. The, the amount of times you're like, you're a Christian? You, wait, you believe in God? That's so weird. You're, you're not dumb. You're not a jerk. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then we connect on the things that are really deep and beautiful between our shared humanity. And that's where it starts. And I love doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's... This is going to sound weird, and I might edit it out. But it is in, in, in a in a way, it's like I don't want to call it mission work, because you're just living out your faith in your day to day. You're going, you're showing up, you're being the person God created to. You're you're bringing His love with you where you go, and it's just like living it out, right? And you yeah. just get to be your fully redeemed self in a place that looks a little different acts a lot different but is you know you're still brushing shoulders the people who were created by the creator and that's that's a beautiful thing um he talked about people wanting to have purpose and knowing that their lives matter um one of my favorite parts from finding god in hollywood it was just um it was just five words that you said over and over and over you were uh, an extra in a scene and you walk off of the, the the view of the camera and you turn back and you're watching one of the stars of the show and you're you're reminding yourself that there are no small parts there are no small parts there are no small parts has that been somewhat of a mantra for you since you've been an actor yeah because <laughs> the grand majority of my parts have been pretty small <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting i i think i love the idea because i worked as an extra a background actor for years when I first moved out there. I wanted to be close to what was going on. I wanted to be on set. I wanted to be involved in the stories. And the most that I could as a no-name kid was to get to be a blur in the background. And mm -hmm. it was an interesting experience because I was there um, and I was a part of things, but you know, there's this idea of being unseen. 
And and I think that a lot of people are interested who who want to move out and become movie stars have never been seen, have never been mm. fully felt like they weren't just a blur in the background, be it in their parents' lives or the family's lives or society's life. Um, and I think so many people feel like they're just lost in the blur of life, that they're just yeah. a side character or just an extra. And so what I love about my faith is it gives you the chance that you are in full focus of the, your creator's gaze, that you are someone who is seen in matters, that you are someone who has a story to tell and you are the lead character in that story. Um, but yes, it, it is more of a practical way to answer the question. It's, it, there are no small parts and I can tell you this, just a little tip. If you do want to be an actor and you want to get those bigger roles, be faithful in the ones where you're just a blur in the background um, because they matter too. Uh, everything matters. And I, that's what I love about a movie set again is everything is needed. There, it takes so many different kinds of people and jobs. There's so, most of my, like when I write a book, it's just me. All I have to do is sit down. When you make a movie, everyone is needed. And that's the blur in the background, the actor in the foreground, the cameraman, the sound person. It's just amazing all the different things that are needed to create this piece of art. Um, so yes, be there are no small parts. You are needed. Um, but it, it's sure it's fun to sometimes get to play bigger parts. <laughs> when, when you when you first moved to Hollywood, uh, were you like, because this is what I, how I would have how I would have done it. This is how I've done it with like when I first started my blog and with with writing, I was like, it's going to blow up. I'm going to become yep. this famous poet. People are going to know who I am. I'm going to be invited to conferences. I'm going to have book deals and it's going to go. And it has not gone the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah. It has not gone the way that I thought it was going to go. And there have been moments where I was like, oh, I think it's about to happen. And it and it doesn't. And, oh, yeah. and it doesn't. And, and, it, and it can be it can be defeating. Yes. You can begin to think, God, did I did I hear you wrong when I thought this is what I have to do? And I think one of the things is, is like just because God invites you into it doesn't mean it's going to look the way that you think it's going to look in your head. Like I'm, like I said, like I'm really good at romanticizing things. Like, of yeah. course, my, la my last book was going to be a number one bestseller. It wasn't. It <laughs> We've wasn't. We've all done it. it Me wasn't. too. It, Same. And yeah. you know, but like, it kind of goes back to what you were saying, man. Like, like there are no small parts. Like, mm. every, and, the, and the same is true with art. Like, there's no small art. Like, it's all meaningful, all purposeful. It's not just a blur in the background. Uh, but does that track with you as well? Like moving out to Hollywood, being like, "All right, move over, Rob Lowe." Yes. Like Nathan's here. I don't know why I picked yeah. Rob Lowe. I think that's I'm okay with it. I'll go with Rob Lowe. You'll, you'll roll with yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah. classic, right? Sure. Yes, sure. I absolutely um, feel that. I was listen. I was a kid in acting school, and I thought the second I stepped in Hollywood, mm -hmm. every producer and casting director is gonna be like, "This guy needs to be a star." of our movie um hasn't happened yet like that but what's interesting is one of the things i learned in this process both about god and just about life and reality mm -hmm. is that god is a god of of process he mm -hmm. it's you know i had this image in my head that I, i'd move there and it'd be an overnight thing there's a i think it was lauren bacall or a, a, someone an old actress uh, she was on a, a a talk show after she had she had had this huge role in a movie and the, the interviewer said, so you are an overnight success. And she said, that was a long night. And, it, and if you look at her history, it had taken 
like 15, 20 yeah. years to get that one role in the movie that mm -hmm. launched her. But we always forget that the all of nature is oriented around process. It's one step after the other. It's just a continual forward motion that you choose to take every morning, every day. And you as a writer and a poet know this. It's getting up and writing again. It's writing more. It's continuing to walk that walk. You know, I I started out, like I said, in as, as a background actor. And even then, as I was walking the background, I had these fantasies of I'm going to be pulled to the lead. And my forward momentum wasn't a lead in a in a Marvel movie. It was I got one line, not even one line, one word, and it was in a show called Community, and that was the first thing I'd ever got. And the the ironic thing is that the music is too loud to even hear my one line slash one word, but that was my forward momentum. I got it. I, I had idealized for years that if I could just get that one line, then I'll be a real mm -hmm. actor. And I got there, and all of a sudden I was discontent again and realize it's going to be one step at a time. Then I got two lines and then I got a, a lead in an indie movie. And then I got a, a larger part in a TV show, but it, it was just a step-by-step -step mm -hmm. process and no one wants to do the process. It's not fun. Um, when we, when we spend all of our time imagining it's going to be this one boom and then we're there. But like uh, the actress said, it, it is a long night, but the process is honestly, I look back and go, that was the fun. It was a beauty. That's storytelling story is process. Yeah one step at a time building that narrative so that's what i've learned whether as an artist as a christian um yeah. that that everything ultimately is one step at a time towards um a vision in the, in the distance and it's not going to happen in one second it's going to happen over a million but it but it's yeah. just moving gently consistently towards that they uh there's a quote and it's very similar to what you just said but like it takes 10 years to become an overnight success and like yes. 10 for some, 20 for others, or never. But like what, like, you know, the, the, that question is then what is, what does it mean to be successful? What yeah. is success in your eyes? And I think like, had you asked me this, I started doing this 10 years ago, I, like not an overnight success, right? I started doing this 10 years ago. Back then, if you would ask me what is success, I would say it was fame, like financial security and mm like those things. But now I know that success is more so just being faithful and yes. continuing to trust, even if it doesn't look like the way you thought it was going to look when you first got started. And now I'm at the point where I thank God that it didn't happen the way that I wanted <laughs> it to happen because I would have messed it up oh, so yeah. bad. Oh, I would have been awful. If I had gotten like gone viral early on in my poetry career, It'd been terrible. It would have been the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. If it happens now, still probably won't be the best thing, but I would be able to handle it a little bit differently because I've been yeah. doing this for for 10 years and I've gotten to a place where my confidence and my security is not in the things that I write or the things that I create. It's in who created mm -hmm. me. And that changes yeah. that. And it takes time to learn the things that you know are true. Um, yeah. That's a good word. It's, it's funny. I've learned literally the exact same thing I, I look back and go what if i had what if all my fantasies had come true and i was just thrust into the limelight at you know 19 20 years old i'm going oh my gosh i'm so glad i didn't when i look back at the mistakes the way i thought the way i moved the world and when i look at the the process the thing i've involved mm -hmm. myself for a decade how much it's taught me and i love that you 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 kind of talk about the culmination of the, this time and process that you've been working for the past 10 years in that you're no longer placing your value in um, the the reception of others, or 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 the the, the perception of others, or this, this idea of the world's definition of, of success, that's the exact same thing I've learned. Now I actually get to do the things I love 
and enjoy them rather than, you know, levying this huge weight of make me feel purposeful and meaningful and define me um, while doing them. I get, I just get to do something I love. And, it, and it's learning to redefine that idea of success, right? It's hard yeah. because we're it's... told every day what success is by other people, but it's something we have to discover with God as to what it really is, but it's hard, but it's, yeah. it's so I'm, so, I'm so glad I didn't get to be famous when I was really young. Oh. I would have been so bad. And we see it every day, right? What happens to these kids before they're ready? And it's sad it's, and it's terrible. It's yeah. I, I just don't think people were meant to be known like that. Yeah. I just, no. I just don't know. Um, maybe you can relate to this story, but I was, uh, I get to share poetry in a lot of different places. And, and one of them was at a, uh, a high school. And I, I did my set and they liked it for this group did high school kids are tough to read, but they liked it. And <laughs> nice. afterwards, or we did like a and a after and a girl, she goes, uh, she asked, are you famous? Mm. And I said, um, what do you mean by fame? And she's like, do you got a blue check mark? <laughs> and I said, I do not. And she goes, Psh. She just makes the noise. It's like psh, you ain't nothing. Immediately, and it was like it can be cruel, the, man. It was the noise of like, man. Well, you aren't you aren't anybody. And mm. I think I mean I'm sure you've you know people have asked you, hey, what have you been in? Have you been in this? You've been in that? I'm mean, like, yeah. Well, no, but I'm doing it. Like I'm yeah. I'm doing the thing. Like you know there are no small parts. And like you know you talk about like the body of Christ. You know, and I think every time like a preacher's like the body of Christ. Like some of you are the pinky. Man, I am thrilled to be the pinky, right? Like yeah. just to play a small little part in spreading hope and announcing love and, and and sharing the things that we know to be true. And you get to do that through like through storytelling, right? So uh, where where do you see, and I'm, this could be like a 10 part episode if I ask this one question, but where do you see like faith in movies intersect? Hmm. I think... Oh man, there, there's so many answers to the question. Different, like you said, different paths to take. Uh, faith in movies, you know, like I said, stories are divine. Mm -hmm. God is the creator of the concept of story, and He created us to respond to stories. So every time a story is made, whether it be good or bad, we are in some way, shape, or form acting in the image of our creator. And mm -hmm. whether it's a, a, a non-Christian or a Christian, when someone makes a story, they are doing what God did by telling a story. Look at scripture, look what Jesus did. He told a story, the story of humanity, the story of this universe. He is a great storyteller and we act in his image as storytellers whenever we tell stories. And so where movies combine is that I think ultimately stories are trying to help us make sense of the world and through story, through understanding ourselves in the narrative, through understanding reality, through a narrative. And I think every movie, Christian or not, is doing the exact same thing in acting in that desire to understand ourselves, humanity, our individual selves in the context of a narrative. And so I think every movie you watch, you can un you can start to pick up what this person thinks about God, what this person thinks yeah. about eternity. And so I think I, I think there is no more powerful or beautiful place for Christians to be than making the stories that will connect to the hearts and answer those questions all of us have written deep inside them it is it is fun to watch movies and to like make the connections in your mind of like oh i see what's oh this is a story of redemption 
Oh, mm. reminds me of another story I once heard at, at church. You know, there's a uh, an, uh, a group or an organization that they talk. It's like faith and film. And what they'll do is they'll watch a movie. And then the idea is to watch it and then be like, what are our connections here? Like, what are we see similar that lines up to suits of scripture or uh, you know, who's the, who's playing the, the role of the redeemer, like who's Jesus in the story. Mm, um, yeah. and it's always kind of fun to watch movies kind of through that. eye, thinking about it. Um, I'm curious about this and this is my last question for you before we play a little game. You didn't know you we were going to play a game, but we're going to play a little game. I didn't, but I'm uh, ready. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, it's a really <laughs> tough game. It's a really tough game. <laughs> okay. What, what is the day to day life of an actor? Oh man, this is <laughs> this is this is a tough one because a lot of times it can change. But you know, I, I have a feeling it's a day to day life for a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I tell my friends back home I'm a, an actor and they maybe see me in a TV show or I post about you know I was in this movie or something and I you know I post all my highlights. There's this idea maybe from movies maybe that. You 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 wake up, you drink some champagne, you go on an audition, yes. and you hang out with Brad Pitt at a cafe, and then you head to a, a party in the hills. Most of my life as an actor is doing what I'm doing right now, which is sitting on my couch yep. and looking, working, studying, reading, resting. Um, a lot of it is filled with friends, people, church, yeah. uh, uh, doing the things I love and waiting it's in the, for those moments uh mm -hmm. that come where i get to do it but most of it is waiting most of my career as an actor most of everyone's career as an actor is the in-between um you we see the moments that they're on the screen but that's not indicative of the entire life so a day-to-day -day life yeah. is me getting up having coffee looking for auditions you know if one comes along memorizing my sides and trying to do it well and trying to do it um uh, with quality and up to the, to the ability of my skill. But a lot of my day is is normal, is looking, sitting, waiting. And that's pretty much it, a day to day. But if you want a little more specific, you know, go into an audition. You know, it's, yeah. it's going in there and sitting with um, 10 other guys who look exactly like me and trying to think <laughs> of the ways <laughs> that I can be different. Um, yeah. It's, you know, trying to conceptualize what kind of movie can I make and talking to friends about dreams. It's yeah. um, watching movies and saying, what do I like in this? And what do, what does it need? What is it missing? What kind of, does it need more redemption? Do I need to make a story yeah. like this? Mm. So it's, it's normal living as an actor yeah. is normal. Yeah. It's normal, but it's a different kind of normal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it was funny. You mentioned, uh, you know, sitting next to people who look like you in an audition. That was one of the things as I was reading your book, it made me laugh out loud where you were like, and there's tall Nathan and short Nathan and fit Nathan and handsome Nathan. And it's just yeah. like, and it's just me, you know? And then there's uh, just this Nathan. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, when it comes to art and it comes to creating, uh, comparison is one of those things that that can kill a dream pretty quickly. Yeah. So I did say that was my last question. This is, this is my real last question. How do you navigate comparison as a creative? Hmm. Oh, that's a great question. I, towards the end, there's a chapter um, called Bo. And Bo is, um, it, it kind of follows, Bo Burnham, he's a very famous comedian mm -hmm. and very respected and he won awards and people love him. And, and I remember that Bo and I kind of were in Hollywood at the same time. We were about the same age. We were both tall and gangly, um, you know, strawberry haired 
guys who were trying to make it. We were both funny. We were both, you know, trying to do this thing. And and since then, Bo has gone on to be not, you know, he, he won Grammys. He's been in movies. He's made movies. He's become huge. I mean, he's a, a cultural sensation. And, and most of the people who listen to this podcast, this will be the first time they hear my name. Mm-hmm. And so it was an interesting thing because that happened a lot in Hollywood. And, and a while ago, um, maybe a couple of years ago, I got an audition and it was for as a huge is one of the biggest auditions I'd ever had for a um, for a movie in one of the lead roles. And I auditioned my heart out and I put everything I had in this audition. I I, I did everything I could um, to to do it as best I could. And this is the biggest thing. And I was excited. And I was like, you know, again, fantasy. I was like, I had the fantasy. They're going to want me and they're going to put me in. It's going to change everything. And I did it and I waited for the call. I waited for that call back and it never came. A few months later, I look um, in Variety and it said, Bo Burnham books the role of this project that I had auditioned for. And, you know, there, of course there's that, why does he get it? Why does he get it and not me that comes? But th- that that story is like a million other stories that, that right. any artist has. And we start comparing. And then I go, is it because I'm not good enough? Is it because I'm not talented enough? Is, and you can even go to the, the faith route is, God, is it because you don't love me? Have I sinned uh, irreparably and I'm not being blessed? You know, all these different ways you can take it. Um, but what I've learned that helps me and that and I'm so glad that I'm experiencing so much more freedom from this now is, um, you again, like you mentioned earlier, you have to redefine what success is. And I'm so glad for Bo. He's a talented guy, really amazing. But the success in his life doesn't have to be, um, I don't have to live in the metrics of what he considers successful yeah. or the world says because so many millions saw this or you know, a award was given there. I am now defining the success um, of my life by um, am I getting along with my wife? Are we having a fun time? Am I working on things that I'm proud of and enjoy working on? Um, does it affect one person? Maybe not millions, but does it connect with one person? Um, mm-hmm. Do I enjoy getting up and working on this thing? And to me, that's what I want to spend my life doing. And that's the kind of success I want. And so maybe millions will come uh, and watch my stuff. Maybe they won't, but no matter what, because I've redefined my idea of success, I can stop comparing it to other people's and feeling inferior or angry or bitter. And I can yeah. just enjoy my life. And so that's kind of where I come to with this whole comparison thing is redefine what it looks like for you and ultimately what it what God has defined it as. <laughs> For, for me, it's the, I don't want to be a failure, mm, you yeah. know? And it's, and at this point, like, I, I won't be because I, I know that I'm not a failure if this doesn't all work out, you know, like, yeah. but there is that in the back of your mind of like, I don't want to fail at the thing that everyone knows that I'm doing, you know, people yeah. are, cause people are watching and be like, oh. Tanner's not mm, yes. writing anymore. He must have failed. It's like, no. No, I didn't I didn't fail. I just moved on to something different. If it comes to that, right? It's not, I don't know, looking at like uh, success and failure differently after you've uh, after you kind of heard what God has said, invited you into something and, and gone along with it. Um I don't know. That's a that's a bigger conversation for another day. We'll have that another time. I want to play a game. I want to play a game. That was a hard turn, but I want to play a game. This is going to close us out. This is a game with Nathan Clarkson. The game is called Finish the Sentence, in which 
I will start the sentence. Nathan, you will finish the sentence. If you don't All understand right, how to play the game, it's pretty rough because uh, it's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The perfect breakfast is. Ooh, um, okay. Just good old fashioned hash browns, toast, buttered toast, turkey, bacon, and two over medium eggs. Coffee? Absolutely. Like 17 cups of coffee. <laughs> I was at a coffee shop this morning and I, there was a guy and they also serve breakfast. Uh, but it was a guy and a girl and the girl got exactly what you just ordered, which is very close to what I would order instead of toast. There's something wrong with toast. Toast rocks. I'm getting a biscuit. Uh, Cause okay. Okay. It's just, I I'll can't, it. I can't say no to biscuits, but the guy was eating pancakes and it took him. It was like a short stack of pancakes. It took this man about a half hour to eat those pancakes and they weren't huge but i was like i have never seen a man eat pancakes that like the syrup was dried by the time like he got to the last bite it was very frustrating it's very frustrating to i inhale my food with so much joy and glee like yes a a definition of success is just being able to afford a good breakfast that'll make me happy forever that's all i need really we are the same person we're not too different my friend we are not too different all right here is what i know about heaven that it's well i'm always careful with no but this is what i've learned about heaven but that is real that it's not a ethereal place that exists in our minds or in clouds that it's a god is a creator and he didn't mess up when he created your body in this Mm -hmm. world and he's redeeming it and that's heaven it's going to have all the things we love and value here just in eternity and heaven is real. It's fleshy. It has dirt and food and laughter. And I'm that's why I'm so excited for heaven because it's real. I, I love your answer, but please never say the word fleshy again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, try. Tomorrow when I wake up, I'll. I got to think about tomorrow. I will lie in bed looking at my ceiling. Uh, trying to pray because I know I ought to, but getting distracted and then getting up and um, uh, having breakfast with my wife and drinking coffee and thinking about all the things that I have to do and the things I want to do and trying to merge them. Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) I don't know much. I don't know much, but I know for certain that... Hmm... I know for certain. Oh man, I, I, my mind is like going a thousand different places. I can right see now. it. That's I can a, see it. A, 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 oh, wow, I want to say the right thing. Um, I know for certain that God, I'm going to go deep here and then I'll go sh- shallow, that God cares about your story, no matter who's listening, that it is super important and you are the main character of it and that's a beautiful thing that your your story is important and um everything everywhere all at once was a really really fun movie and i'm glad it won the oscar so i'm certain of both of those things that's good i thought you were gonna say i don't know much but i know for certain that finding god in hollywood is available on amazon <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah i don't know for I, the thing i know for certain is that all of you should buy my book and it's a moral imperative <laughs> 
All right, last one. I would tell my eighth grade self that. Hmm. I would tell my eighth grade self that it gets better. Mm. Eighth grade was rough. I was doing yeah. a lot of mental illness and mm -hmm. um, still am, but it got better. And uh, is that through process, things um, grow and become more beautiful and that it's, um, yeah, keep on going through the times that felt like it won't get better, that there is hope. Continue. This has been, this has been a really nice conversation. Thanks for hanging out with me. I really Thank appreciate you for it. Out, having me hang out with you. Oh, yeah, our scheduled hangout <laughs> time. Um, Nathan, <laughs> would you just share uh, where people can find your work? Yes, they can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. They can uh, find my work on Amazon or any anywhere books are sold. Just uh, ask for the Nathan Clarkson books. You can find um, Finding God in Hollywood right now. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on all the places. And um, you can also visit my website at nathanclarkson.me and uh, shoot me a message. I love hearing from people. And uh, oh, and I have a podcast too that Tanner will be on again soon called The Overthinkers, where I talk way too much with my my friends and people I like. So come over and listen to that one too. It's it's a great podcast. Although I shouldn't say that on my podcast because you know that's true. Yeah, <laughs> like the rule of podcasting. Uh, anyway, compare hey. them, guys. Talk about this. No comparison. Uh, well, I'll have all the information in my show notes. But hey, thanks so much for for hanging out. I really appreciate you. Well, thanks for having me, Tanner. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Huge thanks to my friend Nathan Clarkson for joining the podcast again. Nathan, write another book and so you can come back on the podcast. Just kidding. You can come on whenever you want to. Speaking of Nathan and books, you can find a link to his latest book in the show notes. Just click around. You'll, you'll find it. Also, I want to say thank you to Matt Daring for creating the music for this episode. Again, you can visit writtentospeak.com to check out the latest blog, grab some books, or book me for an upcoming event. Or if you just want to send me a message, you can do so from there as well. All right. I have said enough and taken up too much of your time. Thank you for being here. I hope that you'll come back for the next episode because I got to tell you, well, I don't know what it's about, but it's going to be it's, it's gonna be great. You're going to love it. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for me. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace.